Hello everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of Being a Whole Person. In this episode, which wraps up season two, we recap the season, each do a little life update, and explain some big changes afoot for the podcast. Also, a quick correction. When we recorded this, I thought I would release my compassionate productivity bundle at the beginning of June, but actually chose to postpone it and take a break from my own content at that time in favor of amplifying black voices for a bit. And it actually is available this week instead from June 22nd to 26th, 2020. So if you're listening to this around the time when it airs, you can still get it. But if not, and the idea of compassionate productivity is something you're into, definitely get on my email list for future offerings on this topic. On to the show. You're listening to the Being a Whole Person podcast. I'm Rebecca Haas, a pianist, composer, and creative wellness coach. And I'm Lexi Rollet, the astrologer behind Alexandria Astrology. And this is a podcast all about creative entrepreneurship, self-care, and spirituality, and how they blend in our lives. Lexi and I are having honest conversations with a variety of other creative entrepreneurs to show the whole story of what it's like to be a business owner, not just the Instagrammable version. By digging into the real experiences of being a creative entrepreneur, we explore how it is possible to blend our career with our life and feel like a whole person. Welcome to the Being a Whole Person podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Being a Whole Person. This is going to be our recap episode of season two. So hopefully um, you enjoyed our second season and just kind of wanted to go through what our thoughts were on that, kind of like a wrap up for the season, and also to let you know about changes that are going to be coming about for season three. First off, would love to kick it off to you, Rebecca. What was kind of your big takeaways, I guess, of season two? Well, season two was kind of interesting because now that we're in the midst of coronavirus times, it sort of felt funny that we recorded some of the episodes before all that went down and some of it during, and they kind of aired all during, and that that was kind of the impetus to finally start season two. Mm-hmm. If you guys listen to season to episode one where we sort of caught you up on our lives over the break we had taken a break for about nine months since I had moved last year in June and then we recorded that episode in December and the season didn't get started till March so it was kind of a funny thing to recap those changes when more things had happened in the meantime but I was really excited about all the people we talked to in season two and I also liked how we changed up the format to include a little more kind of like what we took away from it, because this isn't a podcast where we're trying to teach you things specifically necessarily, but there's always things to take away from it and to reflect on and a lot of just good nuggets and seeds to plant in your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, those are really good points. And just to kind of go back on, you know, the first episode coming out, it, it just was an interest to me. It felt really good to have kind of like the world or the state of affairs or whatnot to actually tell us when was the right time to launch season two. Cause that was something that we were debating about for quite a while. It just didn't quite feel like the right time um, to really start putting out episodes, even though we had, already recorded a couple but with the onset of the pandemic and the conversations that we were starting to have with new interviewees it was like we have to we have got to get this out there's just really no choice this is this is such valuable material that these people are are sharing with our community and to me it was just very heartwarming that it it was like the podcast was like no longer just a thing that we wanted to do just because we wanted to do it. It was like there was a purpose, like a bigger overall purpose for it. Yeah. And that was really highlighted when we talked to Mary Hodges in episode two. Oh, yeah. 
for sure. If you didn't listen to that one, definitely go back. But we talk about this there. I really did enjoy the new format as far as putting out an episode every two weeks. That felt really good energetically as far as not feeling so overstretched. Yeah, me too. Which I don't know. Have we told the story about on the podcast? Have we told the story about our season one recording situation? I'm not sure. I don't think we did. (laughs) Uh, So this is such a funny story. So when we went ahead and was like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to, you know, Rebecca made the acuity link. Um, We started emailing people and we're just like, kind of like free for all type of thing. Like whoever responds, wants to do it, whatever. That's cool. We did not really expect that almost everybody that we asked, I think it was almost everyone that we asked, wanted to book an episode or, you know, an interview and soon. (laughs) So we ended up having to record, how many was it within a week? I think it was 12 in two weeks. 12 in two weeks. Yes. We recorded all, yeah, we recorded just about all of season one episodes in a matter of two weeks and then we didn't give ourselves even much of a lead time to get them like published because we had like picked a date of when the first episode was going to come out and we stuck to it and so then that meant that we needed to hurry up and get everything edited and published it was Although we didn't have to do everything before the first date, but we didn't know what we were doing yet. So it was a little like, okay, there's a lot of steps here. Yes. Yes. So it was basically like the episode that was coming out that week was being worked on that week. And if I was the one doing the editing, it was coming at like right at time. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. It was very stressful that way. The it was way that we very, did it. very stressful. So that's why we really changed it up for season two. We wanted to give ourselves more time and just didn't want to feel like, you know, we were rushing anything. Um, this is a side project and we wanted to keep it as organic as possible and didn't, we didn't want it to feel like it was really getting in our way of the other things that we needed to do. So that's why we went to that two-week lead time or like two weeks between each episode. And I think that's also why we were a little bit of afraid to even put a launch date for season two. <laughs> Just like kind of like, ah, I don't know if I can handle all of that again, even though we went about it a totally different way from the start anyway. Um, anything else you want to add on that, Rebecca? Well, I think part of the reason we were afraid of it goes back to the name of this podcast and the subject matter we really care about having a balanced enough life whatever that means like balance is maybe one of those weird mythical words that how do you achieve a balance and you don't stay in balance and say what you will about the word balance but anyway we just yeah we didn't want to overextend ourselves we want to keep the pace of our lives feeling sustainable and I don't want to be burned out. So yeah, we wanted to do it in a way that really worked well within our lives. And I think we made the right choice in doing every two weeks. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Definitely would agree with that. So maybe we should update on like our lives a little bit since the introduction of season two was recorded in December and, you know, a lot of changes since then. Um, so is there anything that you can think of, Rebecca, that you would like to update the listeners on that's different from how your life was in December 2019? <laughs> well, aside from the obvious uh, right. coronavirus stuff, mm-hmm. but like, I felt like the beginning of my year was really busy. And in December, I think we recorded that episode in early December. And I know the two of us were talking about either privately or on the podcast. I don't remember which, but 
that we both kind of felt like December, we kind of ran out of energy and that we wanted to do less stuff in December as like a future planning because December is the time of waning light and thus waning energy and to push it really hard and the whole holiday season frenzy kind of goes against all of those biological things. So yeah, I just kind of retreated inward as much as possible in December, had some gigs and, you know, work stuff I was doing for sure, but I kept it pretty minimal through December and we went back to Minnesota for Christmas until New Year's and did it like a blitz of see all the people we possibly can in the span of a week, which was a little bit much for an introvert. But now that I don't know when I'll be able to travel again, I'm really glad that I saw as many people as I did then. Mm-hmm. And I was really pumped after no- I didn't even open my laptop even though I brought it with me, I didn't open it for like seven days and it was just exactly what I needed to get that full break from being connected all the time. And I was so pumped when I got back to California in January, I was just really excited about new things, was getting tons of creative ideas, you know, very excited about the new year and a really exciting thing that I did in January that I knew was coming up was I spoke at the Chamber Music America conference, which was my first like big event speaking kind of thing. I've done some things at smaller like association meetings and, you know, less formal situations and stuff. But I spoke on self-care and holistic habits for musicians. So that was a really cool experience just because it was something that I had been excited to do for a while, but also to connect with all the people I know in New York city. And uh, I even connected with people at this conference I hadn't seen since college in like 15 years. So that was a really cool experience, but it took some time to recover from because going to New York is not a relaxing trip it's a fun trip but it's not a relaxing trip and it was a work trip with a bunch of social stuff packed in and then my flight was canceled on the way home so I had to stay an extra night in Newark and I am very adamant about scheduling a buffer day when I travel and I did that but I got eaten up by (laughs) the the rescheduled flights and then I launched right into opera on tap rehearsals I was the accompanist for a production of part of Carmen and all of L'Enfant et la Sortilège which is like a trippy opera by Ravel that is basically like a kid who gets punished like has to go to his room And then all of his stuff starts coming to life and like scaring him. (laughs) It's really, really weird. It's cool. sounds super fun though. (laughs) It was fun. Yeah. But I launched right into the rehearsals for all that stuff. And I was super, super busy through March 1st. And then it was like, okay, cool. I'm finally ready to get back on track since I've felt like I haven't been able to do, you know, my own projects since mid-January. So I was really excited and starting to do things again for like three days. And then it was like, oh, hi, coronavirus is a thing. Everything is disrupted. And, you know, things have been different since then, obviously. But more specifically for me during this time of shelter in place, I've been doing a lot of accompanying work this year. So all the schools are not in session. So I wasn't going to those schools to accompany and the choir that I accompany for wasn't meeting. So in a way it's been a cool thing to get to focus on new coaching offerings and new ideas. I've been really focused on the idea of compassionate productivity, which I've been launching some things on. By the time you hear this, I will have already done a small thing on and maybe developing a course. I'm not sure what it's turning into, but I think that's what's happening. So, Woo. yeah, the roller coaster of life. I'm on it and I haven't fallen off, and that's a victory. <laughs> that, that's what I'm feeling today. Yes, that is awesome. Yeah. How about you, Lexi? Well, I mean, 
what hasn't changed for me since December 2019? <laughs> you know, everything was feeling fairly normal, I guess, until January. 2020 actually started off really strong for my business. And so that was super refreshing. It's like, cool. This is this is awesome. This is a new year. Everything's going to go super well. Um, there's some astrological transits for myself that were, you know, at, at the beginning of 2020 were looking to be very, very positive. And, you know, that isn't to say that they aren't turning out to be positive because they are. It's just positive in a totally different way than anybody could have ever expected. So, you know, that's, that was really um, nourishing, you know, just having that good January and a pretty decent February as well. So when things started really hitting in regards to the pandemic, um, I wasn't immediately feeling any, any hindrances to my business quite yet, because really I had already created a business for these very things. You know, I already worked online. Um, I'm kind of in a coaching capacity. And so that's something that a lot of people were really looking to, to get that resource because they were just feeling, you know, all kinds of different ways. Did you have a big surge of people right after the whole Corona thing started? Yeah, it seemed like I had at least a lot more um, inquiries yeah. at the very least. Um, you know, not me too. Yeah, not everybody became clients, of course, right? Because that's how that works. But yeah, it, it felt like I had a little bit more attention at that point. But then, you know, everything started hitting for me personally, and how I was taking all the the changes globally, and then also as feeling a lot of personal changes. Um, so from an astrological standpoint, I'm experiencing a transit that's is not something that everybody gets to go through in a lifetime because it's regarding a planet that is extremely slow. And so it's not going to move very far within your own chart throughout your life. So I'm one of the lucky ones where it is going to connect or it's currently I guess connecting with my son like this the sun in my chart so I'm one of those lucky ones that gets to experience this very um potent I guess transit I think that would be a really nice way to put that um <laughs> so essentially I'm feeling a lot of extreme transformation and change when it comes to my identity who I am who I want to be Am I actually living the way that I say that I want to live? You know, all those kinds of things. Um, so from that perspective, getting more into the actual nitty gritty of the life, um, my relationship is going through a lot of changes where, you know, we're just kind of, we're actually living separately at the moment. We were coming up on, um, you know, almost five years of being together, which would be, about four years of living together. So, it, you know, that was the four, four years of my life was with this person in very close quarters. And now we're really zooming out and really trying to figure out if this is the right thing. And we're doing that by separation, but going to couples therapy, which I had never gone to therapy on a regular basis ever before. So this is a new thing for me. Um, so that's been really interesting, just kind of being in that kind of space, I guess. And it's just the whole experience is teaching me about how to, I guess, not give my power away and how to actually speak up for myself and, um, and then also uphold other people to those things that I say are important to me and that I need and I want and things like that. Um, you know, not to the point of like being an asshole, but <laughs> you also have your needs that need to be met. So 
And, and that was actually like, and I say, I have to differentiate that because that's something that was a disconnect in my mind. Like that was a, a mindset shift that I'm currently making is that it's not a, how dare I have needs? It's a, I do have needs and they need to be discussed and we need to find a way to meet them, whether that is we can meet them on a, on a very pure level, or we need to make a compromise. So it works for the both of us, you know? just all of those things. Um, so it's really interesting to learn. Um, also though, in my business, I'm going through a lot of transition with that of like, what exactly am I doing? Like, how am I serving people? How exactly do I want to use astrology? How exactly do I want to use human design? And so now what I've come up with is kind of a, a co-creative type of offering like I, I can't like even claim full like this is totally my brainchild because it isn't. It was just like kind of a a channeling type of thing or just like a what's the word? Um a download I got, I guess, whatever it is. However you want to identify that identify that for yourself is this group program called Entrepreneurial Wellness or not entrepreneurial wellness. Let me read track a group program called entrepreneurial oneness and to be totally transparent i don't even 100 percent know exactly what it means yet i know the way that i'm working with it right now and that is becoming one with your astrological roadmap you know, the, the natal chart that you've come into this world with the human design chart that you've come into this world with living in accordance to the seasons and the patterns, um, of our universe. All of these things are here for you. And we have been learning how to basically ignore all of that and become these people that are just, yeah, like, the way that society has shifted over time has gotten us so far away from who we actually are meant to be. Um, so that's the way that I already work with oneness. That's what I do with people one-on-one. I'm, I'm, I'm here to get you back to your natural way of doing things and seeing the, seeing the um, asset in that and not trying to be something that you're not, but knowing exactly what you are and what you are not so that you therefore know what you can do and what you can't do. So you're not trying to force yourself to do something that is not going to be successful. Um, And I can really explain this more pointedly in the fact of like, there's so much advice out there, like so many pieces of professional business advice, experts, you know, field experts, all these, these people that are telling you, here's the way to do this. Here's the way to create a course. Here's the way to launch. Here's the way to work with people one-on-one. Here's, you have to do a membership. You have to do a community, you know, all of these things. um, It's not that any of them are wrong or bad. It's just, they're not for everyone. And they conflict with each other. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you have to know what is exactly right for you. So that's how I've already been working with people. And so now I'm putting it into a group program and I'm very excited about it. But yeah, I feel like the true full blown definition of what entrepreneurial oneness, like the full definition of that, I feel like is going to be shown to both me and everyone in the program because I feel like the answer is going to be essentially created like within us, like it's going to reveal itself to the group. Um, That's as best as I can put it into words at the moment. Well, and so much of a group experience is created by the group experience. Yes. So it totally makes sense that you can't explain it yet because it's being co-created by all the energy. Mm Mm-hmm of each individual person and how that all works together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds really cool. It sounds like Thanks. there'll be a lot of holding space and support mm-hmm. as people. I think it's really great to have the support of co- a community holding space for you mm-hmm. when you are going through change. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely excited. And, and I feel like a part of learning about what that oneness is, is learning about, 
the gig economy, you know, the entrepreneurial journey that is now so prevalent and like how do each one of us as entrepreneurs work together because we're no longer in these big companies, you know, where you could look at the company as a whole and how everyone fits together and what are their roles, et cetera, et cetera. But now we're just little silos for the most part, you know, um, at least the people within the gig economy, of course. Mm-hmm. And so how, how do we relate to each other? What, what are we doing for each other? Um, so that's really something I feel like is going to be explored within this program. So anyway, those are pretty much the changes. I mean, they're not, they're no big deal. You know, there's not a, not a lot going on on my end. So then I guess that really brings us to what are the changes coming forth for the podcast itself? So I have personally made a decision within looking at this process of what are my needs? You know, what are, where does my focus need to be? Um, What do I really see for myself? Where are the directions that I need to go? And it just, at this point, over the last like couple of months, what has really been going on for me energetically is how much I need to um, actually clear away and clear away from, like I'm being too spread out, too sporadic. So I actually chose to leave this podcast, not because I don't believe in it, not because I don't want it to succeed by any means, but I feel that, and we have talked about this already, but just to let you all know, I have felt like I am personally holding this back because I am so spread out all over the place. And if I look at what actually needs my attention, this podcast doesn't seem like it would be best for me to put all of my energy and attention to that it actually deserves. So then, you know, I sent Rebecca an email and we talked about it. And to me, it just makes way more sense for it to be your podcast um, at this point, because like, this is your business. Like, this is what you do for people. This is how you work with people. It's, it's not really what I do. Um, yes, I want to help people feel better and, and any way that that might make sense, but this is a self-care podcast. Like at the end of the day, like that is what it's about and that is what you are about. So to me, it just makes way more sense for you to run with it. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely sad that you're leaving, obviously. (laughs) And I support you fully in choosing the direction that you want your life and business to go in. And, you know, I know you're very tuned into what feels aligned to you. And if that is what it is, then that's what you have to do. I, I fully believe that. But yeah, it's bittersweet as all things. Yeah. But we're both excited about the new directions that we'll be taking. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean the end of our, you know, friendship or even who knows, you might end up back on being a whole person sometime. Hmm. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. (laughs) So I guess it makes sense to talk a little more about, okay, what's going to happen now? Because yeah, yeah, it's going to be different. So yeah, this will wrap up season two. Like we said, we're going to be British about this season. They like, you know, six episode seasons of TV shows. We'll just say <laughs> we're being British. That That's what it is. <laughs> and so I haven't fully fleshed this out either. This is kind of early in our process. We just kind of came to this decision what, a week ago, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. not very long ago. Yeah. So of course there'll be some evolution in what it will actually look like. But right now the plan is to take a little break after the end of season two, which I think you'll be hearing this on June 20 something, whatever the last Thursday of June is. That sounds about so, right. So yeah. And I'll take a little break in July and then let you know what the date will be for season three obviously but my plan is to keep the same frequency and have episodes every two weeks but now it's going to be 
one interview episode and one solo episode each month. So the interview episodes will be a lot like you're used to hearing creative entrepreneurs talking about self-care and spirituality and life and whatever else comes up. You know that we like to keep it organic and I definitely want to keep that spirit for the podcast, just having deep, honest conversations. And then the in-between ones are going to be more tangible stuff that relates back to being a whole person, things that will help you feel more balanced in your life. I know I just said the word balanced (laughs) earlier is a myth in some ways, but I keep coming back to that word today for some reason. But you know, just ways to make you feel more replenished, more fulfilled, like you're meeting your needs, like Lexi was saying. Yeah, I, I have a lot of different things that I currently help people with, and I'm sure that will evolve a lot too. So that's the plan. That's not the I wrote it down official plan, but that's the plan as I see it to be right now. I love it. (laughs) I can't wait to see our guests hear the solos, the solo episodes, because I'm really excited to see what you actually bring out. You know, what are what are the takeaways? What are the actual practical, tangible steps that people can take? I really feel that it will become more of a platform for you to really share your knowledge and expertise in this space. Yeah, thanks. And I feel that, yeah, you're welcome. And I, th- and I think people are ready for that. They really need that. Clearly, you know, with your increased interest in your coaching offerings. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about the compassionate productivity thing coming along? Yeah, absolutely. I just thought of one other thing, though, is that I, you may or may not know, I have a Facebook group called Creative Wellness Club, and I've been doing a live stream every Monday in there. And like, that's been really cool, but there just aren't that many people who attend it live. So I'm kind of recording a thing for people to watch later, which is basically a podcast. So like... It'll be cool to see how that evolves. And I'm just excited to get to make these. They've been like 20 minute, 20 to 25 minute. They've been like episodes. Mm -hmm. I don't call them episodes because they're live streams, but they're basically, you know, a short podcast episode. And I just would be excited for that stuff to reach more people Mm -hmm. than it would inside a Facebook group because not everyone has Facebook. Not everyone wants to spend much time on Facebook, especially when we're all being careful about how much news we're taking in and just like where energy is going. Mm -hmm. So can't you go ahead and just download the file out of Facebook and just put the audio on the podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Assuming that all is well with like little internet blips and stuff for the most part. Yeah. (laughs) I had bad internet before, I don't know, February or so. So I'm not sure about those earlier ones, but Mm -hmm. yeah, actually that's maybe that'd be the easiest way to do it. I'm sure that I'll have like evolved thoughts on these things and I might want to re-record them just because there'll be things to add. And, you know, the more you sit with some material, you see different ways to present it. That's more clear and Mm -hmm. such. So yeah. yeah. So that's a change if you're in my Mm -hmm. Facebook group that I haven't really announced yet, but actually (laughs) by the time you hear this, I will have announced it. I forget we're in a time warp in this Mm -hmm. podcast recording chamber right now. It's a time (laughs) machine. So yeah, compassion and productivity. It's a term that I made up that as far as I can tell, no one else has really made up either. So I'm going to say I made it up. I mean, people can make up something simultaneously. I I haven't trademarked it. So please don't do that before I do. (laughs) But in mid-April, about a month into the whole shelter in place here in California and also in many other places, I had been going pretty easy on myself for the first month. Hadn't been requiring much of a schedule of myself. I had been doing things and I had goals and to-do lists and I was still working, but I was being very flexible about my time, including like I used to 
take a walk in the morning every morning before that. And I just sort of let it be totally free form, which was good for the first few weeks because I just needed more flexibility. I needed to rest a lot more. It was just a lot for all of us to process. You all know because you are all citizens of the earth in which this thing is happening. But I really started to create more structure after the first like three, four weeks. And I was thinking, okay, I tried time blocking and I used to do that pretty regularly back in 2015 to 2016. I had to go back to my Google calendar to find that out because I didn't actually remember what year it was. I knew it was somewhere around there. And I also knew that that was before I had shifted the way that I looked at productivity and before I became a more self-compassionate person. I know I've talked about this on the podcast and written about it, but I have anxiety and depression and anxiety is like the bigger part of it. And I'm very functional as far as those things go. Like I'm a high functioning person, but that doesn't mean that I haven't had my struggles with it. And there are two different periods of time when it has really taken me down for a period of time. And one of those was in 2017. So that was a huge time of reimagining how I need to take care of myself because I tried literally everything I could to help with the anxiety, ended up going on meds, which is not the right answer for everybody, but was for me at that time. But the most interesting thing that came out of that was that I started listening to guided meditations, which is something that I had been very resistant to in the past. I'd felt like, oh, they're cheesy. I don't want to listen to someone talking in a calm voice, blah, blah, blah. I would do meditation just like the silent kind, but I didn't really like guided meditations. But in those moments of anxiety, that was the thing that I needed. I needed that nice voice in my ear to be like, everything is okay. Just breathe. Here's what you need to do. And around that time, I also started to listen to the meditations from Dr. Kristen Neff, who specializes in self-compassion. That's what she researches. If you are interested in this, it's self-compassion.org. We'll put it in the show notes. I think they're amazing. There are different lengths of them. There's one that's a five-minute self-compassion break, and then they go up to like 25 or 30 minutes. And through listening to those more, that's when the seeds got planted in my head about that, but also really started growing. And I knew that I couldn't keep working in the same way that was like, work, 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 work. You don't deserve to rest. You need to work. And that is where your value comes from. We all know this message. It's very prevalent in our society and it's hard to get away from. And even though I have been trying to shift my perspective, it's still a practice. It will continue to be practice. So anyway, that was a large aside just to say compassion needs to come into how we think about productivity. And when I started to time block in mid-April, I was like, well, I can't do it the way I did it before. I practically had a heart attack looking back at my schedule (laughs) from 2015 because it was just like packed, completely scheduled every hour of the day. And I would schedule out all the stuff that I did independently. And then I would go teach from like 2 to 8 p.m. And I would have a break to eat. And that was it. I expected myself to just work constantly. And spoiler, that didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) But I knew there had to be another way to do that that could allow for the flexing that we need as human beings with bodies who need rest, who might need a snack, who might need a nap, you know, and because I was in the position again where I had the entire day to do these things for myself, you know, I didn't have outdoor commitments because there weren't any it was cool to try and experiment with this. So I didn't experiment with it as scientifically as a scientist would, or even like a psychological researcher, but I kind of made some notes about how that was happening for me and noticed when I would feel more stressed by it, noticed when I would feel less stressed by it, Um, lots of different things. I have wrote some newsletters about it that I can link to in the show notes too. But the more I started to think about it, The more I started to talk about it, the more people were like, compassionate productivity. Ooh, like 
I need this. Yes, I like this. Because I really think there is a middle ground between that booked solid kind of scheduling and a totally amorphous day. There's like a million shades of middle ground with it. And so I'm trying to distill that down to some kind of a method that people can follow, but also have enough trust in themselves to know that they can make the decisions that are going to work for them and help them meet their needs and get stuff done and feel good while doing it. Not that I'm like, here's the miracle method, because obviously, like you were saying before, there isn't a way for there to be a one size fits all method. We're all different humans, but Mm -hmm. I am working on something that will kind of show you a framework that you can use and then kind of make your own. And I'm going to do a pop-up offering on this next week, which is the first week of June, which will already have happened, but that will turn into something bigger. So I will keep everyone posted about that, obviously. I say the word obviously too much, I'm noticing. That's okay. But yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> that is so exciting. I love this direction. And it sounds like you're already getting such positive feedback, which is such a good indicator that you're onto something, right? Yeah. So I definitely. love that. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. It's not just positive feedback. It's also that I feel really fired up about it. Mm -hmm. And the more that I think about it, the more that I have to say about it. Like one day I just brain dumped into a Google doc and it turned into six pages like one morning. Yeah. And I hadn't really intended to do that. But sometimes before I go for a walk in the morning, I'll just like look at a thing that I want to think about or write about later, just in case my mind gets going on it. I just like plant the seed in my head before I go. And during the entire walk, I had my phone out, like texting things or, you know, typing things into a note on my phone, like the entire walk, which is not how I try to spend my walk, but I was like, ah, I have to <laughs> get, get it out. <laughs> and then I got home and I just kept writing. So mm. it is a perfect combination of something I'm really fired up about and something that has been helpful to other people in what I've shared so far. So I'm hopeful that this will blossom into something that can help people even more. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that it will. Yes. We all deserve to feel okay. Mm -hmm. That sounds really general, but productivity is a word that makes people feel bad. Yeah, it really is. Not as a rule, but it, it often makes people feel bad. And I can't even tell you how many people have said, my main struggle is productivity. My main struggle is time management. I am terrible at manage, managing my time. Mm-hmm. And with that comes a lot of feeling bad about yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what makes it so hard. So yes. productivity advice is all well and good. You know, here's what you do. Here's how you schedule it. But there is a lot of stuff underneath it. And we have to address some of that deeper stuff and how we feel about ourselves in order to make it work for us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like, (laughs) and I'm about to tie in like what I do. And before I get to that, it's just, that's kind of how the idea of it being a co-hosted podcast even came about was like no what we do does not actually like for our own businesses like they're not the same they're not really aligned that much it's not like but there are some overlaps where things make sense together in some form of form and fashion well and I think our main goals are the same oh yeah we are trying to help people discover things about Mm -hmm. themselves that help them grow Mm -hmm. And so that is the same. We just go about it in very different ways. Right, right. With some overlap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what I was just going to say was just that in regards to the similarity with this specific thing is that not every productivity method is right for you, you know, and just, just because it exists doesn't mean that you have to do that. Maybe the, you know no white space in your day, maybe that is a method that works for you. But just because that's a method that exists doesn't mean that that's how we all need to do it. 
Yeah, you can't see me, but I'm like bobblehead nodding. Yeah. Like my head is going to fall <laughs> off right now. <laughs> Oh man. So yeah, I mean, I love that. I love that you are creating this offering that teaches people like what it, basically that's what you're doing is teaching them what is the productivity method that actually works for me and makes me feel nourished and also like I get things done. Because Mm -hmm. that, like going to your earlier point, like that's what about productivity makes people feel good is that you get things done. Like you had a task that you wanted to get done. You had a goal and, and you got it. You got it done. You got it achieved. You, you you have that feeling of accomplishment. That feeling of accomplishment is often what makes people feel good about productivity and why we keep seeking out these different ways to optimize that. But to your point of like the other side of it is what what's the distortion what's what's the hidden meaning that you're putting on these these ways of being more productive why do you actually want to be more productive what does that re- even really mean to you um so yeah anyway that all of those things to say super excited about this direction for you and this offering thanks me too yeah i think it'll be very very valuable and I think I could, we could talk like another hour about just this topic, but we really could <laughs> not what this episode is about. So oh, yeah. save some stuff for season three. Yes. Yes. Oh man. I'm so excited. Oh, the other thing too, though, about like maybe shifting topics just a little bit is that I really feel that now just like the identity of the podcast will become more streamlined and more clear. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. that was one of our drawbacks before is that maybe you and I see how we're connected and how it makes sense for us both to be on this podcast as hosts, but I don't really feel like it bled out very clear um, to other people. Or maybe it wasn't even about us as hosts. Sure. It was more that we were covering a lot of different subject matter. Yeah. Yeah. That- is very broad for sure and so it's like well what is it about it's about a lot of things and yes like life is about a lot of things Mm -hmm. and I I like that and I tend to like podcasts where you just discuss and Mm -hmm. you know it's a freewheeling conversation you get into the deep stuff I don't mind the podcast I listen to not having a very clear definition but that does pose challenges for okay well who is this for and you know people seeing it and being like is this for me I don't really know. Yeah. 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 And I think that was really the challenge that I guess I was getting at is that I think it was hard for people to determine if this is the right podcast for them and also just like where it gets posted and shared and all this. Like, I feel like it's going to really help out for it to get streamlined to like your existing channels instead Mm -hmm. of trying to create new, which is always the typical thing. Like it's usually easier to go with established channels than creating new ones. But yeah, but yeah, I think, I think that'll help out a lot for everyone involved. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. So we hope that you like these changes. Yeah. And if you don't, they're still happening, but we're really excited about what's coming up. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I personally think it's it will be for the best for the podcast, for you, for your business, and for the listeners as well. I think I really just feel it in my gut that this is the right thing. Yeah. Do we have anything else to add? I don't know. But I kind of feel like we're doing a Midwest goodbye right now. <laughs> we are totally doing a Midwest goodbye. If anybody has ever wondered what a Midwest goodbye is, you are waiting for right now. <laughs> Minnesota and Missouri, similar, similar styles of, oh, I should go. Yeah. But how are you doing? How is school going? (laughs) (laughs) Having a 20 minute long conversation at the doorknob, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Just that's our training. We can't help it. Yes. (laughs) I think if anything, I would like to close out by saying thank you to you, Rebecca, for even wanting to start this at all with me. Um, it is interesting that I'm the one that was like, hey, we should do this thing together. And 
here I am exiting. That's how life goes. So I'm just, yeah, just very thankful for our relationship, um, both as a friend, friendship and as creative partners. Um, I feel like it went very well, you know, like on the back end that nobody ever really gets to see, but, you know, we experience. So yeah, I just, I'm very thankful to you for wanting to go on this adventure with me. Yeah, me too. Yay. Good. And I'm very thankful to all of our listeners. I'm glad we have listeners, you know, like, <laughs> um, and I, and it seems like you guys are getting a lot of value out of these episodes, out of these interviews. And I, you know, just reiterate what I just said. I have no doubt in my mind that it's going to be even better for you guys for getting more value and more advice and more coaching even. So anyway, just wanted to say thank you. Thank you to everyone. I want to say the same thank you. Thank you, Lexi, for everything you've done on the podcast. Yeah, for being willing to start it. I'm really excited that we met serendipitously at Being Boss, Mm -hmm. New Orleans 2018, and that we both felt aligned (laughs) enough to do this as long as we did. So yeah, yeah, I, I feel grateful that we had this experience. Yay. Yeah. I want to thank all the listeners and I'm excited to bring you more stuff in season three. And thank you to everyone who has been on the podcast thus far. Yes. I mean, you guys are the reason why the content has been so awesome. <laughs> so yes. huge thank you to everyone who's been like, yeah, I would love to be on the podcast, share my insights, see what, you know, what I could provide to your listeners. So thank you. Like this couldn't have been anything without the interviewees. Yes. So. Yes, yes, yes. Fantastic. Well, who's going to hang up first? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) All right. Well, see you in season three. Right. The theme music you are hearing right now is original music by Rebecca Haas. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a rating and review on iTunes, subscribe on the podcast app of your choice, or sign up for our newsletter so that you don't miss an episode. Or, if you really love it, you can get early access to each episode by becoming a patron on Patreon, which supports the making of this podcast. We welcome any feedback or ideas from you. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook to reach out. Thank you so much for listening.